Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal, and I'm the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome to the Cannabis Daily Show for Tuesday, April 12th, 2022. Since 2017, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry. We look to do that here every day. We'd love to hear from you in the comments, and always feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com, as well as through all of our social channels on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And one note, if you're watching this on YouTube, please smash the subscribe button. After the rundown of the key stories and insights we're following, we'll get to our B of C Live segment, where today we'll be joined by... Uh, uh, Lucas McCann of Can Delta. Lucas joins uh, BFC Live to talk about how timing and license type uh, being applied for from Health Canada can affect your cannabis business bottom line. In September, here's a note. We will be in New York for Business of Cannabis New York. It'll be a two-day event focused on all things New York with a special focus as well on cannabis retail tech design and data. So check that out in the description below for today's top stories. New Jersey, their adult use cannabis sales is coming up. There are some new licenses handed out and some authority to get selling. The growth of outdoor cannabis in Canada. Senator Schumer is facing an uphill battle for federal legalization and highlights from Prohibition Partners' seventh, uh, seventh edition of the European Cannabis Report for our first story. After some delay, <clears throat> New Jersey has approved seven medical cannabis companies to start selling to all adults, reports the New York Times. Adult use sales could begin within the next four weeks. Here are some of the details. Each company paid, quote, upwards of a million dollars in licensing and regulatory fees. There are 13 dispensaries, including a few within a short drive from New York City, that have been licensed. Each had to show that they had enough inventory to serve both medical and adult use consumers and that they would prioritize medical consumers when they opened. Quote, we have adequate supply, said Dina Rollman. She's the head of government affairs at Green Thumb Industries. And you can find actually a previous interview with Dina Rollman uh, on BFC Live uh, from last year. The link in that is below. For our second story, each week, Business of Cannabis delivers a series of insights from our partners at Cannabis Benchmarks. And as competition intensifies in the cannabis cultivation sector here in Canada, and as supply surplus continues to depress wholesale prices, some LPs have shut down already built indoor growing facilities and are questioning future development plans. This is quite a change in direction from the first few years of legalization. Now more Canadian cannabis cultivators are shifting to outdoor operations and moving away from indoor growing. Statistics Canada, which is a national organization, released licensed cultivation growing area data this past week after almost nine months. And the latest data set gives us all a view of the indoor and outdoor growing area up through September 2021. I encourage you all to go see those numbers on our website at businessofcannabis.com, provided by our friends at Cannabis Benchmarks. For our third story, brace yourself for ongoing resistance to cannabis legalization this year, even as Senators Booker, Warner, and Majority Leader Chuck Schumer ready their Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act to follow uh, to bring forward this month and the Moore Act passed in the House last week. This all according to The Hill. In either case, Democrats will need the support of all of its members and at least 10 Republicans. So far... Well, GOP Senators Roy Blunt and Stephen Daines said it will be a so it'll be tough to pass. They probably know. And Democrats uh, Joe Manchin and Gene Shaheen have both expressed support for medical but not adult use legalization. So here are some of the takeaways. There is some progress to mark here. The 
the Schumer Wyden Booker bill is headed to the Senate's Finance Committee, which is a big step, according to Morgan Fox, who's the policy director at the National Organization of Reform on Marijuana Laws or Normal. Quote, the issue has been talked about quite a bit more in the House than it has in the Senate, which so far has not really had a substantive hearing on cannabis policy generally. Morgan Fox is giving lots of leeway to senators who cannot move this legislation forward. For our final story, Prohibition Partners just released the seventh edition of its European Cannabis Report. This is all in a story from Business Canada. It pulls all of the latest data and trends from the European market, and here are some of the highlights. Access for medical cannabis consumers is growing. Supply chains are evolving, with cultivation shifting from Canada to more European-based production. Pilots are ongoing in France and Denmark, and European cannabis is drawing investment from North America while CBD has gained legitimacy across regulators in different countries, and Germany could influence the rest of Europe to legalize adult use with their game plan brought in by the latest change in government. You can download the report for free, and links are in the description below. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 12,000 others and catch all of these stories and more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. Eastern with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. Coming up on B of C Live, our conversation with Lucas McCann of Can Delta, where we discuss how the timing of your application to Health Canada for cannabis license type uh, can affect the cost and your directly your business. This is Lucas McCann from Can Delta. Lucas McCann, thanks for Jay, being with us. Great to see you again. Great to see you. Uh, you got a new background. Yeah, uh, we're in a new office space now, actually. So I don't have those uh, paintings in the dark office now. I've got a uh, cityscape down on King Street. I like it. Uh, I like the cityscape on King Street. It's, uh, it's fancy. There's stuff happening. There's people. Um, there's restaurants. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's nice. really it's nice to see, and the sun is shining behind you. That's good too. That's Lucas, we, normal. Uh, we talked to you, you, about uh, things happening in Ontario related to like retailer brand relationships. That was maybe a couple weeks ago. We talked to Dario last week about changes at Health Canada, but then you and I were talking offline, and you mentioned a couple of things that I wanted to get you on here to talk about about Health Canada licensing costs, timing. What, what else should we all know? Well, there's a little known fact about putting in an application with Health Canada that there are some fees associated with your application. We've, we've talked a great length about submitting for a retail store through the AGCO. You're looking at 10 racks uh, to get through to the finish line from... <laughs> from <laughs> the term 10 racks? 10 racks, yeah, from ROL to RSA, you know, six and four, that, that, that does add up for new businesses. And uh, there's some strategy that's probably worth talking about if people are looking to apply for Health Canada license. Depending on when you file, you can be on the hook for uh, for potentially half or twice as much of your annual licensing fees. Well, so so there's a there's a way to uh, this is my words, not yours. There's a way to strategically apply at the right time to save you money. There is, and uh, not only that, depending on what license you're looking for, there's also some strategies. So. For instance, like the outdoor cultivation licenses, we know if you file at the beginning of Q1, your applications will be prioritized. You will have your applications approved in, in months 
<laughs> I would almost like to say weeks, but it's usually usually months so that they can prioritize those folks for the growing season. Okay. Whereas if you file, let's say in the fall of that year, it'll sit on someone's desk for uh, well, Q1, basically a till Q1. Till Q1, Q1. And then, right? So you can, so basically you could just save yourself. Yeah, I see. Time and money. That's right. Um, but the interesting thing about Health Canada licensing fees is that they uh, fall on a fiscal system. So a right. fiscal year system, meaning that if you get your license approved before the end of the fiscal year, let's say at the beginning of Q1, you would be eligible for that entire fiscal year's licensing fees in the year that you were licensed. So you save it twice, potentially. Huh. Uh, yeah, you could be you could be paying it twice. So we, we recently have heard a story about someone who applied. They had their license application uh, granted. Health Canada sent them an email and instructing them about this, and they didn't quite catch it. And they were uh, on the hook to pay for basically two large licensing fee sums uh, for that same calendar year because they uh, they didn't defer it. So that's something that I think people should be very, very aware of. And that the licensing fees to apply now have also increased slightly. Uh, like how slightly? <laughs> so uh, to put an application in for a standard subclass, so that could be like cultivation or processing at a large facility or sale for medical purposes, uh, the fees have gone up from about $3,200 to $3,411. So there's a $100 increase, $116 to be exact. Okay. Uh, that's important to know because I think a lot of folks don't realize that there is that fee. And then on top of that fee, every person that's going in for security clearance uh, is going to be eligible to have to pay for that clearance. And the cost recovery is $1,654. So times everybody that needs a clearance. Exactly. So if you have a large facility, you have a QAP, a head of security, a master grower, and a responsible person, and that's 4x that, that, that fee. Uh, if someone holds a clearance, you know, they can move that from site to site and they wouldn't be eligible for it. Uh, micros, on the other hand, are paying a lower fee, but the security clearance part is still the same. But typically in micros, one person can do all the roles in, in, in many cases. Uh, so their fees are 1765 annually per year. It all adds up. <laughs> It, it really does. And for small businesses, it's really important. So the, uh, you know, we, we had mentioned that sort of when you file can be very, very important as to like when you're going to be paying these fees. Um, if someone were to add, for example, a sale for medical purposes license to a micro, which you can do, you'd have to sort of bump up your physical security measures. But I think that a lot of folks don't necessarily understand that, uh, you know, potentially, in, unless you sort of uh, think about how that's going to work out, um, and, and sort of how you, you implement the fees, you know, there, there could be a jump there. So you need to understand that you can actually sort of file to, uh, to be at that lower class of fees. So uh, the annual licensing fees for a micro are $2,500, okay? The annual licensing fees for a standard class or for a sale for medical purpose class is $23,000. So a whole order of magnitude higher. So you have to figure out how you're gonna amortize that or pay for that new license. It might be great to get, but if you're not going to make the return, I'm not trying to like business 101. Like if you're not going to make that money back. Defer your license until the new fiscal year. Uh, there is another element of strategy that you can apply for an exemption. Uh, and the exemption can occur if you are exclusively operating in the medical framework. Okay. Uh, so if you, yeah, if, if, if you, let's say, had a standard, um, you were adding sale for medical purposes, you could tell Health Canada, hey, I'm only going to work with patients for this year, potentially even sell to no one. 
right? If you were just waiting that maybe 30 days and then sort of while you're getting your, your facility back on track, you know, you've, you've made that exemption and that would put you at the, uh, uh, the lower class of fees, the 2,500 bucks. So there's a lot of strategy that goes into it. And that's not the only fees as well. There's also a, um, a Canada or sorry, a cannabis revenue submission fee that you're also responsible for. So that $23,000 for the standard or $2,500 for the micros is only the minimum fee you're going to be paying that year. And how does it go? What's the maximum? Is <laughs> yeah, there a maximum? Yeah, great question. So there isn't a cap on that. Um, so what they're going to look at Health Canada will be to see what your cannabis sales were like for the year. And when we say a minimum, um, luckily they they deduct from that uh, your 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 cannabis sales. So um, you're basically on the hook for for 23 23 racks. Um, less uh, 2.3% of your cannabis sales. So it, it could be more. If you had a great year and you were selling millions of dollars of product, um, they would deduct um, that licensing fee from the 2.3% of your, your total sales. It's a, it's a lot of money going to Health Canada. <laughs> it is, it is. And this is something that we talk about when we're working with folks, for example, that have like maybe a restricted floor plan and they can't really expand um, so we had some folks that really just wanted to be standard because they just wanted to be a standard so we under this conversation about well if you if you're if you're limited to canopy space you know you're not going to exceed what you would have for a micro um, even though you have the security in place it's probably really worthwhile to strongly consider saving that twenty thousand dollars a year yeah and it's um and i, and I wonder if this is like you know if people were considering this four or five years ago, they probably weren't, but now really are like when to apply, how to apply, because there's some foreseeability of when you get the license, right? That's a little bit clearer now, there um, is. but also how these fees affect the business and what kind of business you actually set out to endeavor upon. And I'm not trying to sort of blow smoke or like shine you on, but like, it's helpful to work with people who've actually been there because you know, now, you know, you Lucas and the team at Candelta, look, you may not want to apply for that now because if you wait a year, you're going to save half of it or apply now because you actually might get the license before growing season, for example, like, like all these things you learn as things go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point there. The thing is, is that it's really important to pay attention to the emails that health Canada is sending you. And I know that can be difficult, uh, but if you're working with a consultant, it's really important to keep forwarding all those communications on to your consultant, whoever you're working with so that they can be aware of that health candidate is nice in the sense that they give you the option to defer to the next fiscal year um, but if you're not checking your inbox you're, you're totally going to miss that warning right that's good advice it's like it's like your accountant always giving you advice when you hear something from the cra forward it along um but in this case it's your business on the line right it, or or a massive amount of fees that you could defer but you can't because you haven't actually asked for it yeah, hundred percent. And one thing that we're, you know, we're we're talking about when we're working with small businesses, and I, I largely consider myself to be a small business or startup consultant, is to maybe just start with the micro license and then, you know, reapply for the standard once you're generating some income. So once you've got a bit of a return on your investment, you can totally just uh, apply for the standard, have your micro repealed, and then they'll issue you the standard once you're operating and you're, you know, you're you're you're, 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 you're post money. Yeah, absolutely. Right. right. Well, Lucas, this is eye-opening. I mean, eye-opening for me. I don't have a license of any kind, but it, but I think it is it is instructive to think about how, when, what you apply for, and how it's going to impact slash benefit your business depending on what your game plans are. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So again, the uh, the fees have increased. So something to watch out for if you are making those applications to go in. Um, 
by com committing to the medical stream, you can certainly pay the lower of those two fees for sure, uh, even if that's for the, sh for the short term. And then again, maybe starting off by micro could be a good way to make sure that you're saving an extra $20,000 of revenue per year. Thanks, Lucas. Yeah, my pleasure. Free I advice. want to save $20,000 a year for sure. <laughs> Do you want to start <laughs> a micro? Who doesn't? Um, I have a very small space. I don't think it's going to work, <laughs> but uh, we got a garage. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Lucas, I appreciate the time and expertise as always. Thank you so much. And we'll connect with you down the road. Yeah, my pleasure. And in the meantime, you can always just stick with your four plants. That's right. These four? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, Lucas, thanks so much. All the best, Jay. Take it easy. Bye. That was episode 66 of the Cannabis Daily Show. Thank you for joining us here on YouTube or wherever you caught the program. Please do subscribe and we will see you tomorrow, which will be one week to 420.